Voice of St. Louis original podcast. This is the St. Louis All Local Podcast. Here are today's stories from the KMOX Newsroom. This is Wednesday, April 19th. I'm Megan Lynch. And I'm Tom Ackerman. The case that seeks to remove St. Louis Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner from office is set for trial in the fall unless the judge approves a pending motion to dismiss the case. The courtroom hushed as Kim Gardner walked in in a gray dress suit and a COVID mask. She sat behind a row of her lawyers who did all the talking. Mr. Bailey doesn't like the job Ms. Gardner is doing. That's his right. That's his First Amendment, his right under Article One of the Missouri Constitution, and he can support a different candidate at the next election and hope the people of St. Louis agree with him. But the Attorney General's lawyers argue that Gardner needs to go fast because they say she has a pattern of willful neglect of her duties Gardner's lawyers argued back there's no evidence she did anything intentional to get things where they are, blaming her staff for not showing up to, for trials or being ready on time. Kevin Killeen, KMOX News. The case is tentatively set for trial September 25th, while haggling continues over what evidence will be allowed. Don't call it a merger, but some suburban mayors say they have a solution to the city's judicial issues. I'm Michael Calhoun. The mayors of Wildwood, Manchester, Brentwood, and Bridgeton say combine the city and county prosecutors into one office. Bridgeton's Terry Briggs says it'd be more like everywhere else, but how do they hope to get this accomplished? Well, the state senate is getting ready to debate a crime bill that's coming up either later this week or possibly next week. And the intent is to try and get an amendment into that bill that would accomplish this change in the state laws. As of yet, no state lawmaker has agreed to carry their proposal. The state Senate about to tackle crime in St. Louis. Debates expected to begin as soon as this week in the Missouri Senate over a pair of bills addressing crime in the city of St. Louis. Senate President Caleb Rowden tells 97.1 FM it's unlikely both bills will be passed. You probably end up having one really big discussion uh, on the Senate floor relative to, um, you know, what, what we think is the best option in the short term to uh, you know, to try and fix some of these problems. We know the Kim Gardner thing is uh, <laughs> is bad and getting worse. One measure is a state takeover of the police department. The other allows the governor to appoint a special prosecutor to handle violent crime cases. Sean Michael Lyle, KMOX News. A woman is dead after St. Louis police say she sped away as they tried to pull her over on I-70. She was driving a car at about 80 miles an hour when officers attempted the stop about one Tuesday afternoon, but she sped up, eventually exiting the freeway at Adelaide. The car ran a red light, collided with a big rig in the intersection. The name of the woman hasn't been released. Police are unsure why she refused to stop. A robbery victim was told to strip naked after being shot at in South St. Louis early Tuesday. Police say a food delivery worker was with three other people on Louisiana Avenue just after midnight. While walking back to their vehicle, another car drove up. Two armed men began to chase them, firing shots. They caught up with a pair of victims, telling one to strip. No one was injured. Police are looking for a late 90s champagne-colored Camaro T-top. A groundbreaking held Tuesday in Wellston to begin a $45 million renovation of the Wellington family homes. County Executive Sam Page says the federal housing project was about to be demolished before he took office. It was part of an effort by the former administration to eliminate public housing units in favor of private housing vouchers and that landlords often refuse to accept. 186 units are being renovated in a public-private partnership for low-income and senior residents. 
A St. Louis lawmaker tried to get everyone a free ride, but failed to convince his colleagues. Representative Peter Meredith offered a budget amendment Tuesday to divert 7 percent of I-70 improvement money to make all public transportation free for a year. This is good for our economy. It is good for the people of Missouri. And I think we ought to try it statewide for a year. That's all I'm asking. After turning him down, the House then passed the appropriations bill, which includes $859 million to widen parts of I-70. It's 531, now a KMOX follow-up on some tornado warning sirens not sounding during Saturday's storms. KMOX received several complaints from listeners that the sirens did not go off in at least two neighborhoods, Bebo and St. Louis Hills, and that they have not sounded during the monthly test. We took those complaints to the City Emergency Management Commissioner, Sarah Russell. system is very old. There are issues with the system. We try to keep track of those as best we can, but it's an old siren system. It is over 20 22 years old, and the manufacturer says that a typical lifespan is 15 years. Russell says knowing that, in the past four years, they have introduced Notify STL, which sends alerts via cell, landline, and email. Russell adds there is no budget, though, to make annual repairs on the tornado sirens. Parts are difficult to find because of the age, and there is no regular maintenance. Maria Kina, KMOX News. The Missouri Chamber of Commerce is calling out Republicans for what they say is a list of job-killing legislation. They're citing four House bills authored by GOP majority members chamber leaders say would create burdens on business. One measure involves labeling of so-called gene therapy products, while another bans employers from requiring vaccine mandates. A third House bill requires companies use the federal e-verify system to assure new hires are legal for work. The fourth bars the state from doing business with companies that have diversity, equity, and inclusion policies. The chamber says companies should be allowed to make their own determinations about these issues. Well, it's turkey season in Missouri. But the flock isn't like what it used to be. Over the years, for a variety of reasons, you know, that's the birds have declined and and even more significantly so in the northern part of the state. Biologist John Burke with the National Wild Turkey Federation in Missouri says 20 years ago, the Show Me State was harvesting more turkeys than any other state had total. He says the population decline could be predators like raccoons eating the eggs and younglings, but the big problem is the lack of land where the turkeys can live. Burke says Missouri has lost 700,000 acres of habitat land to crops. Stuart McMillan, KMOX News. And they're off. Thoroughbred horse racing returned Tuesday to Collinsville at the track formerly known as Fairmount Park. The meet runs through November 18th with racing on Tuesdays and Saturdays, but the sports book is open every day. FanDuel now has the naming rights to the track, which is beginning its 98th season. Now, KMOX virtual consumer editor, Megan Lynch. As you've heard on KMOX, some schools in the St. Louis area are monitoring everything your child does online. Administrators say it's for students' protection. Online safety advocates say it's teaching young people a much different lesson. Hear their concerns today as we continue our series, S is for Surveillance. Nothing was your own except the few cubic centimeters inside your skull. Many of us read George Orwell's 1984 in school, a vision of a future where surveillance saturates society. About half of students said that when they know they're being uh, monitored, they do not feel comfortable expressing their true thoughts and feelings, so they're actually repressing. 
The Washington, D.C.-based Center for Democracy and Technology surveyed students, parents, and educators about software that tracks online activity. And so that can be anything from knowing when a student has logged in to being able to use um, technology to scan their messages and their documents looking for concerning information, all the way to actually enabling teachers to see in real time and even take control of what a student is doing. The center's Elizabeth Laird, Director for Equity and Civic Technology. One of the first troubling issues for Laird is awareness. The center's research found one in five parents has no idea whether their school is using this type of software. And most of these programs run in the background. Um, so there's no visual indication of this happening. And so, you know, a number of um, students or families find out that it's happening when they're contacted about an alert that they didn't know was even being run. Another concern, how data gathered on students is being used. While the stated purpose is to keep students safe, our research shows that it's actually far more common to be used for disciplinary purposes. Nearly 80% of teachers told researchers their school has used these surveillance tools to detect policy violations and target students for discipline. And that is that is much higher than any student that's been flagged for you know, a mental health crisis, for example, to be you know, given help and assistance. Just half of teachers surveyed say it's been used to get students behavioral intervention. Then there's worry that what happens on school devices and school networks doesn't always stay on school grounds. When these alerts are coming in after hours, 37% of teachers said that those alerts get automatically forwarded and shared with law enforcement. And 44% of teachers say that they know a student who has been contacted by law enforcement because of this software. All of this has Laird and others asking if the desperation to keep kids safe is actually causing greater damage. Disciplining them and putting their life on a totally different path can be harmful to them. Sharing this information with law enforcement where there really aren't limitations around what they can do with it can reinforce the school to prison pipeline. You know, using this technology in the name of mental health, but then the result is that students are actually suppressing their true thoughts and feelings are not accessing resources that could help them because they know that they're being tracked. That can have a negative, you know, mental health implication. Do we want to be labeling either intentionally or unintentionally children before they've even graduated middle school? You know, that's that's very worrisome to me. Emily Churkin is a former middle school English teacher, a parent of an 11-year-old and a 14-year-old. She's known as the screen time consultant, calling herself an advocate for better technology practices. I'm a former teacher, so I have a lot of, I want to believe that what the relationships we're building in school are based on trust. And when we are surveilling students, whether they know it or not, how is that going to help build trusting relationships. A lot of public scrutiny has been leveled at Gaggle, one of the major players in the student monitoring universe. For me, Gaggle, again, represents one of many companies that is profiting off of fear. It's this false sense of security, like we're, we're offloading this protection to another company. And we don't know what the interests of that company are. Churkin tells KMOX she shares concerns it will all go too far and profiling will be the result. Giving that information or data to law enforcement, right, so that they can make predictions about which kids might go on to 
you know, commit a crime. Well, that's hugely problematic, especially then if we layer in poverty or socioeconomics or race. A recent U.S. Senate investigation also raised concerns that low-income students who rely more on school-provided devices and networks for their internet access could be disproportionately impacted by online surveillance. Turkin tells KMOX what our children really need is help with social-emotional skills and face-to-face interaction. If you have a friend who's self-harming or has eating disorder issues, do we want an algorithm flagging it on her, her laptop? Or do we want her friend to say, hey, I'm worried about you. Can we go talk to the counselor together? Or like, go talk to the teacher. As we conclude our series, what you need to know as a parent. Who's watching the watchers, right? And where does the money come from? Where is the data going? Where is it being stored? How is it being used? That's in our next report. St. Louis All Local is produced by the KMOX News Team. Subscribe to the All Local on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.